welcome to the Embrace Your Light podcast. We are your hosts, Rebecca Lyons and Daniel Massey. And every week, we are going to take you on a journey filled with spiritual exploration, inspiration, and expansion. Each week, we will guide you down the path of ancient spiritual wisdom and new age enlightenment from some incredible guides so that you can continue your spiritual journey with ease, grace, and a little bit of fun. Okay, so so excited today to be bringing on a great friend of mine named Ella Sang. She is a truth embodiment coach, master NLP practitioner, Kundalini yoga teacher, and collector of way too many to count crystals and oracle decks, like all of us. I feel like we all have an obsession. Yeah. Her purpose in this lifetime is to activate truth in people, including herself, helping souls like you remember the truth of who you are, what you came here to do, what you're capable of and the life that you're meant to live. Her work is anchored in the truth alchemy method, which infuses the potent modalities of NLP, which we're going to talk about a lot today, is neuro-linguistic programming, kundalini yoga, and energetic alchemy. So let me kick it over to Ella. Ella, I'm so excited to have you on here. Thanks for coming out to the podcast. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me here, Danielle. It is my pleasure to be here and to share all the magic that is going on in my world around truth embodiment, truth expression, and I'm really excited to be here. Now, right before we started the podcast today, Becky and I were having a chat about when you came on to do my spiritual alchemy masterclass back in May, mm-hmm. because it was like, I'm getting chills thinking about it right now. It was incredible. <laughs> it was so good. And um, Becky and I talked about it afterwards, like, how amazing is it that the brain is able to kind of change? It's so plastic and you can do anything with it if you know how to use the tools to do so. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is just so important for us to remember. You know, we, throughout our lives, we've been so programmed to think of ourselves a certain way, to think about what is possible for us, what we can do, what we can't do. And for so many of us, we've been living by that program, by that design and calling that my identity. That's it. There's nothing I can change. And when we begin to tap into, wait a minute, I do have the power. I can be a cause over effect. That is where all the magic and all the miracles begin to unfold in your life. And people think that personalities are set in stone. Like I can tell you how many times I've heard people say like, oh, I'm just, I'm not a people person or I'm not an entrepreneur or no, I don't have the personality type. I'm too stubborn. And all I want to do is kind of go, your personality is not something you're born with. You learn that. You could be a people person tomorrow. You could be someone who's go with the flow tomorrow. You just have to know what to do and to choose it consciously. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I can speak from my personal experience right now of going into a new layer of my Kundalini awakening, like really seeing all the things in the subconscious coming up to the conscious. And what I have been experiencing for myself the last couple of weeks is quite frankly, a crumbling of an identity to be like, wait a minute, that is not who I really am. I've put on all these shells and layers to be like, I'm this perfect, know-it-all, successful kind of person. And for so long, I'm like, I'm just the overachiever. I'm just the person who runs myself to the ground. I just love to work 12 hours every single day. And now all of that is coming apart. So yeah, I totally agree with you. A personality is not something that's set in stone. And when we understand that we have the power to change that, we have the power truly to be who we want to be, it's like unstoppable. (laughs) I get so excited. I can relate to that so much. I feel like I'm going through the same. Like I genuinely feel like I'm going through the same. 
because I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm seeing things clearer. Like I'm seeing, um, like who I was like, what I was trying to do and why I was trying to do it. And I get why I was doing it, but I'm like, that doesn't work. Like, you know, it's like following the normal being told, do this, do that, do this, do that. And it doesn't work, but you're still trying to do it. Cause you're thinking, oh, well, I'm going to crack it soon. Or it's going to come to me soon. I've just got to keep going. And then you're like, no, but then you see yourself and you're like, how did I not see this before? But you see it in a totally different light, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's so beautiful when we get to see, and I always say it's like C with a capital S, like really see things as they are. Um, yeah, it's super, super beautiful. So you use NLP, which may be something that our listeners have never heard of before. Can you mm-hmm. kind of explain what it is and how to use it? Yeah, for sure. So NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. And basically what it is, it's a methodology for understanding the language within the subconscious mind so that you can create positive changes for yourself within your mind, which of course is then going to ripple out into your being and ripple out into your reality. So neuro, of course, refers to the mind, the brain, linguistic, uh, refers to the way in which we use language, right? So when we think about the mind, um, we take in information and we process information through our five senses. What do we see, hear, feel, smell, and taste? So that's like the neural component of how we interact with our world. You then have linguistic in terms of how this information is stored within your mind, right? How do you actually use it? So you have pictures that you have in your mind, you have memories that you can see pictures and movies, you have the sounds that you hear, you have the feelings that you feel, the things that you know you can touch, the remembering of how things feel. Um, and then you have smells and you have tastes that you can recall. So that's like the neuro component, the linguistic. And then the programming is exactly what we were seeing in the beginning here. It's understanding that everything that you are doing is based off of a program. And the way that I like to think about this is like when you wake up in the morning, you don't consciously think, okay, let me like pull my covers apart. Let me put one foot in front of another hmm, what do I do? Let me go grab my tooth. Like it doesn't work like that. It's just automatic, right? And for most of us, it's probably not so healthy because I mean, I'm still guilty of it. First thing I do is like phone, what's going on on my phone? Um, So these are all programs in which we are conditioned to live by and behave by, right? And so there are programs that are really helpful in terms of helping us conserve our energy, like, you know, knowing to brush our teeth, get clean, make coffee, go to work, do our things, whatever it is. And then there are programs that are not so helpful. The programs, the loops where we're like, I'm not good enough. I'm going to fail. I can't do this. The programs where we hold ourselves back or we self-sabotage. And so in NLP, it's really about going deep into your subconscious mind to understand what is the way in which information is stored in your mind? What is the language that is going on in your mind? And how is that contributing to the programming that you have? It's about really taking that step back to understand that your reality is based on your perception of your reality. We have a very Uh, foundational principle on NLP that is called the map is not the territory. And it basically sums up NLP so well, right? It's understanding what is your perception of the world because your perception of the world is not the world itself. If I were to draw a map of Canada, and if I were to ask you guys to draw a map of Canada, it's all going to look different, right? And then our maps are not Canada itself. So that's the beauty of NLP is really showing us that truly the reality that we live in is the one that is projected based on the programming, based on what we have in our mind. And like I said earlier, we have the power to change that. 
And so everything that's happening is really just neutral things. And when we know how to change our perception of it, our whole reality shifts. So I hope that was a good intro. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. And I love I, that. That description is so potent because, um, you know, so many of us do things without realizing what we're doing. Like you said, like wake up, brush your teeth and like go on and do everything throughout your day. And so much of it is automatic. And what people don't realize is some of those automatic behaviors can be bigger things like scrolling through your phone and doing stuff that is just sort of numbing. How yeah. often do you find people doing things like that, the numbing behaviors? Oh, very often. And I think the thing is that the, it's like, we don't even know that we're numbing ourselves. Um, I think that's the scariest part, whether it's social media and I can speak from my own experience as to like what I have been going through right now, the new layer of my awakening and healing is understanding how I have been uh, numbing my own feelings. And so it's a subconscious pattern that comes in that, you know, when I'm feeling bad, when I'm feeling sad, feeling afraid, it's like, no, don't feel that way. And so it just keeps on numbing what is actually going on. So yeah, I would say that it's very present. Um, it's very pervasive in our society just because, you know, we have this notion of everybody needs to be perfect. We need to look like we have everything together. We need to have it all figured out. And when people aren't experiencing that, you know, there's that fear and there's that need to numb, to go on social media, to just not feel your feelings. And yeah, it's something that I'm really excited about because I feel like, especially after everything that has happened in the past year, and as we move into 2021, I feel like a lot of these numbing patterns are coming to the surface for people to be like, holy crap, I've been doing that and now I get to change it. <laughs> yeah. And I also think like when you start unraveling what they are, so for me, it used to be alcohol food, like, you know, binge eating. And then when I stopped drinking, when I stopped binge eating and I cleared up my diet, it was then, oh, it was also reality TV, of course, like um, <laughs> the Kardashians and everything. Um, and then, and now it's social media, like, cause where else do I have to go? Like social media, my work is on social media. So it's easy for me to get lost in social media. And Danielle did a story about this I don't know if it was yesterday and I was just like damn she called me out it's like the social media I was like yes that's me <laughs> well to be fair part of my job is shadow work which is all about the brain and how the unconscious rules us so I take notice of that stuff all the time I'm constantly evaluating what is my unconscious programming what is it that I'm automatically doing without realizing that I'm doing it I'm not just calling you out. It's like me calling myself out on a regular basis. It's like, why is it that you want to do that right now? Why is it that you want to sit on the couch and do this? Is it because you need a rest? Is this the time that you can really like use a nap, use a recharge, do like something that would feel fulfilling? Or are you just numbing? And I ask myself these questions constantly because I want to be aware of my unconscious programs. I'm constantly trying to make them conscious. Yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, actually, as you were saying that, what came to mind for me, it's something that I've been saying over and over again the last couple of months to my clients and to my community. It's what I call the art of discernment. And it's one of the biggest things for us to cultivate is exactly like what you said, asking yourself those questions. Why am I doing this? And discerning is something actually like in, in my words and, you know, truth alchemy and how I call it is like, is this a temptation or is this a truth, right? Is it a tempting behavior or is it something that is actually in alignment with what is expansive for me? And I think that is a practice that we are here to learn and embody for a lifetime. I love that. 
You know, there's a term in neuroscience called metacognition. And what it is, is the ability to think about one's thoughts. And even though we have this ability, even though we have metacognition, we don't usually use it and we don't flush yeah. it and we don't talk about it. And <laughs> funny, because some of my favorite TV shows throughout the years, like Saved by the Bell back in the day, is like someone literally going through metacognition where it's like, here are my thoughts and I'm thinking through them and I'm trying to discern what it is that I'm doing. But that isn't normalized. That's not like what we do. We kind of just walk around like mindless robots. And I think Becky and I touched on this a little bit before too. Like we get so used to walking around like mindless robots. It's weird. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So okay. it's kind of like we're conditioned to think like, or conditioned to be like, oh, as let's offload everything and let's make this as simple as possible. So we can just walk through life without having to make any decisions. And then when you come back and you're like, no, hang on a minute. I want to decide if I want to do that. I want to decide how I want to feel. I want to decide what I do. It's like going backwards and then going to school again for yourself. It's like you're literally going to school again and learning to make basic decisions because they were taken away from you when you made them. So, well, I don't even know. I don't even know what to call it. You two might be able to help me out there. But like when it just becomes the norm and you lose control over your own actions, you know? <laughs> I think that's like the beginning of a spiritual awakening. And Ella, one of the things we love talking about in this podcast is our spiritual awakening stories. And I think with a lot of people, when they first experience the spiritual awakening, they start having this metacognition. I want to hear about your spiritual awakening, if you don't mind sharing. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So where do I even begin? Um, it was actually so funny because a couple of days ago, I went back on my Tumblr, which is still there, psmella.tumblr.com. It's how it all started. Um, and I was reading back to my blog post from 2014 um, when I was 19 years old. And I remember, I think this was kind of like the starting point where I wrote this blog post and I was like, I have to be honest, I'm miserable. On the outside, I had everything, you know, 4.0 GPA. My parents were proud. I was in Bali going to go study in France, going to the elite business school in France, I should say. I had everything lined up for me, but I was like, why am I so miserable? I got my first B plus ever in university that semester when I wrote that post and I couldn't leave the house for two days. I was like, I'm a failure. Oh my God, like my life is over. That was literally the way that I was thinking. And so for the majority of my life, I've struggled a lot with anxiety, a lot of fear. Um, and that's because of my upbringing, you know, as stereotypical as it might be, it was very um, intense growing up in a Chinese family of like, you have to be successful, you have to get the good grades. And it's only even now that I'm understanding the depth of uh, the trauma to my inner child for that, because for so long, I'm like, okay, I got over it, I got over it. Uh, let me just put on, you know, like I said, the shell after shell of I'm successful. I know what I'm doing. I'm an overachiever. And so at about 19, that led me to a point of like, yes, I'm smart. I'm book smart, but I'm miserable. And so that got me into um, looking into things like Buddhism. Uh, my, my parents are Buddhists and um, I started, you know, going to the temples with them and started reading books about suffering, about pain, about non-attachment, about letting go. And I was like, wait a minute, things are really starting to kind of make a little bit of sense because it was really speaking to the suffering that I was creating within myself. 
So that was about 19 and 20. And starting about the summer of 2015, I started meditating every single day. I was reading my books. I was like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and see what happens. I got headspace and I was like, okay, like I really need to change my life. Um, so yes, things started to get a little bit better. Um, but then at the same time, that year was really rough, you know, trying to graduate university. I got hired at L'Oreal at like 20 years old. It was my dream job. It was amazing. And literally everything that I was striving for and working for all my life was showing up for me, but I was so just miserable. And now in hindsight, I know I was even going through forms of depression during that time. Um, I had a partner cheat on me right when I was starting my new job and it was just like rock, rock bottom. Um, so yeah, my body started shutting down. My immune system was really working up. I got all sorts of weird illnesses, but still I put on that shell of like, but I get to work, I gotta show up, I gotta perform, I gotta be successful, I got I gotta get people to like me, I gotta be perceived in this way. And I continue that, you know, for the next about a year. Um, but you know, I was drinking alcohol every single day when I went home, numbing myself with Netflix, weed, alcohol, just like I couldn't be alone with myself for a whole year. Um, severe work stress. Um, had a few major mess ups at work that costed the company quite a lot of money, which continued to feed into the story of I'm an imposter, I'm not good enough. And finally, um, June of 2017 was my turning point when I had my first ever panic attack. Um, I didn't know what was going on. My heart, my chest was hurting and I started hyperventilating and then I couldn't feel my body. Had to go to the hospital and they couldn't figure out what was going on with me, but that was the fastest I've ever been looked at at a hospital because they're like, this girl is gonna pass out. Like we actually need to look at her right away. Um, and when I woke up and just kind of calmed myself down, it came through as a very clear download for me that you need to change your life or else you're not going to make it. And we need you to make it. And I was just like, oh my God, what's going on? Um, and I remember after leaving the hospital, just like getting my Amazon Prime subscription, ordering some essential oils, a diffuser, a stack of Gabby Bernstein books. I already love Gabby Bernstein um, by then. And I've met her in person and she had written in my book, Ella Be the Light. Uh, and this was before the panic attack. I had no idea what she meant, but I was like, oh, that's really sweet. Thank you. That's a really nice message. Um, and yeah, since that um, panic attack, I've really started to dive into the world of spirituality, reading all the books, Gabby Bernstein, understanding how your thoughts create your reality. And little by little, things started to make sense for me of, wow, all those things that have happened, I have created it for myself because of my inner world. And not to say that's like, oh, I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. Like I started to understand, wait a minute, although I have created that, everything is happening for me. And little by little, I started to align with a higher purpose. I started to understand, you know, soul connecting with something bigger. And then, um, yeah, like a year later was when I found Kundalini Yoga. And since then it's just been an ever deepening experience of a spiritual journey. But I would say like mine started out, um, pretty rough, but at the same time, it was very intellectual of like, okay, I know, I know all these things. I, I know I get it. And for me, the last year has been a real deepening of my spiritual awakening where instead of, I know it's, I feel, and I really am feeling all the things that, you know, I have intellectually known begin to crumble away and just, yeah, like a new phase of my expansion happening right now. So yeah, that's a little recap. <laughs> I love those stories. That's amazing. That's I love hearing about people's spiritual awakening story, Becky. It's like mm. wild to see how different our experiences are. And yet at the core, there's some very similar themes. That's what I was going to say. Like, sis, I can relate to so much of that. And it's like, I hear that such a similar story all the time. 
And it's just insane how we are all like, we're all so disconnected yet. We're all going through similar things, you know? Mm -hmm. Like each one of us has to hit that point where we experience that like moment where we can't ignore it anymore. Where all the messages, Mm. the things that we've been hearing, we've been putting them off. We've been trying to just run on autopilot. It comes to a head and we have to make a choice. And so that spiritual awakening is about choosing the harder path, but the one that's going to lead you to this amazing place. Then Ella, what's your advice for anyone at the beginning or experiencing challenging times getting to know themselves spiritually? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I think I'll have a few pieces of advice here. I think the first thing is to really be present with what is going on within you. Like really allow yourself to practice, like we're saying, observing and kind of stepping into that meta position as difficult as it may be. But especially in the beginning stages of a spiritual awakening, you start to question a lot of things. You start to wonder a lot of things and you start to be like, hey, why am I having these thoughts? Why am I having these feelings? Why am I feeling this way? And all the things. What's really important is to be present and allow yourself to be with what's coming up, right? Be with the thoughts, be with the feelings, be with the memories or whatever it might be that might be surfacing for you. And in those moments of being present with it, practicing, you know, seeing that, I am the experiencer of this right now. And I can also be the observer of it at the same time. This is something that is really important and um, it's going to be a practice, but what's really important is to actually feel that versus just intellectually knowing like, okay, I I know that these are my thoughts, but really feel it. What does it feel like to feel your emotions? What does it feel like to feel the old things coming up to the surface? And then at the same time, discerning once again, I am feeling it and I am also the person observing myself feeling it. Um, In terms of, um, yeah, like in the beginning stages of a journey, you know, as everything is coming up, it can also be over very overwhelming. Um, I highly, highly recommend seeking out someone who can support you, whether it's a mentor, whether it's like someone online that you can follow to ask questions, to get guidance. That was really helpful for me. And even now, um, over the last two months, I've hired a mentor specifically to support me with my Kundalini awakening and to work with energy. And that has been really helpful because there's someone that I can go to who has walked the path, who can understand what it is that I'm going through. Um, And then the other thing is just to really be kind to yourself in the process, because that is what a spiritual awakening is ultimately teaching you is to have a new relationship with yourself you know on days where you feel like i don't want to do anything on days where you might be feeling immense fear you might be questioning things give yourself that space to be compassionate with yourself give yourself that love and you know don't try to be like oh it needs to happen faster it needs to look like this way your journey is your journey your journey is unique and there is no one else that is going to have the same journey as you. Like we just talked about, there might be similarities, but you are going through exactly what you need to go through in order to be the person that you came here to be, in order to do the thing that you came here to do. And so really allowing yourself to trust in the process of that, showing yourself love and compassion, because at the end of the day, you are doing life with your human self, your soul and your human self are doing life together for the rest of this life. And so really learning how to have that love for yourself is something that I wish I knew earlier on. But of course, then again, I wouldn't change anything about my journey. But if I had learned to um, really learn more about unconditional love at a deeper level, 
that would have been really helpful for me at the beginning of my journey. And, you know, when we talk about self-love and unconditional love, you know, I, for so long, I was like, yeah, whatever. I know that. I'm like, I love myself. I work all the time and I love to work. So I love myself, (laughs) but really understanding that unconditional self-love, it is so key. So, so important in your spiritual awakening journey, because unconditional self-love means that the way that I see it is that it comes down to having your own back, no matter what. It comes down to standing by your own side, no matter what it is that you're going through, no matter what it is that's happening on the outside or on the inside, that you will have your own back, no matter what. And that is the rock that you need on this journey. That is the rock that you need for your life. Um, so yeah, it's it, for me, it's been a big journey of unraveling all the ways in which I have unconsciously uh, love myself by conditions because, you know, I've learned from society, I've learned from my family and things like that. So as you're going on on the journey, have that self-compassion and really examine what is your relationship with loving yourself, going beyond the stereotypical bubble baths and treat yourself and just buy yourself nice things. Yes, that is part of loving yourself. But what happens when you fail? What happens when you make a mistake? What happens when you're going through the roughest days? What happens when you really don't know what to do? What is that dialogue going on within yourself? How are you holding space for yourself? How are you choosing to look at yourself? Because ultimately that is what the unconditional self-love really comes down to. It's not about what's on the outside, but it's about that relationship with yourself in the moments that are the most challenging. So yeah, those are my top tips, um, advice for going through a spiritual awakening. (laughs) I love that. That's so powerful. I really want to ask you a question. Who do you admire like who do you follow or who would you uh, recommend other people to follow who like really motivate you on instagram or on youtube or wherever like who who are the people here and now that you're like oh my gosh they keep me going yeah absolutely so i think the beautiful thing about people that we follow is that I can see how I am almost like an accumulation of all the people who I have followed throughout my journey. And what I think is really important for us to know too, is that as we expand the mentors, the people who inspire us are constantly going to shift as we need different things on our journey. So in the very beginning stages of my spiritual awakening, Gabby Bernstein, love her. I've been to her live event. She signed my book. I'm like, yes, Gabby, thank you. Um, She was really helpful for me, you know, in the beginning stages of when all of this was so new. And um, I was like, what is the universe? What is spirit? It's actually a really funny story because I bought um, Spirit Junkie, the book, um, probably when I was about 16 or 17 years old. And I went to refund the book like the week after. And you know how they have to ask you like, oh, what's your reason for returning a book? And I was like, it's weird. It talks about spirits. I don't want anything to do with that. Um, and it's kind of ironic. I'm like, look at where I'm at, where I'm at now. No, but Gabby Bernstein, <laughs> it's, the, it's the funniest story. I'm just like, wow, little did I know. Um, yeah, Gabby Bernstein is someone that I would highly recommend uh, following and checking out her work, reading her books, doing her challenges, her courses when you're new on your journey. Um, definitely, uh, Brianna Rose, as we all know, I love Brianna. She has helped me a lot on my journey as well, especially stepping into Kundalini yoga and understanding how Kundalini yoga supports in the spiritual awakening process. Um, right now I'm following a few people who I am greatly inspired by, uh, Tori Washington, uh, Tori Washington is just the most magical being. She is so like just in power um, in her being. And she talks a lot about money alchemy, helping you heal money wounds um, and really how to build a 
an aligned spiritual business that is in integrity with your truth and who you are. So I love following her work. Um, and as of recently, I've also uh, really loved the work of Melanie Ann Lair, um, who runs the brand Alpha Femme. So she talks a lot about emotional intelligence, about quantum prosperity and things like that. And that has been really helpful for me because in my stage of the journey right now, what I'm really seeing is uh, my focus to work on is mastering my emotions, mastering emotional intelligence and building emotional resilience. Uh, reason being is that, you know, a lot of the times when we think about law of attraction and manifestation, we're just like, ask, believe, receive. It's so much deeper than that, right? You need to actually have that capacity, the energetic capacity, the emotional capacity to hold and receive what it is that you want. You have to learn how to feel safe. And so for me, I really love her work right now because she doesn't, like, she's not super openly spiritual per se, but her work is deeply spiritual in terms of really helping you heal that relationship with yourself. Um, also, Ashe Sandara, another one of my role models. I love her work. She talks a lot about um, embodied intimacy, uh, feminine leadership and things like that. And actually, ironically enough, is like in my phase of the journey, um, the last couple of months, I've been learning so much about spirituality, not from the typical spiritual sources. So, you know, in the beginning of my journey, also like learning from Abraham Hicks, learning about the law of attraction and things like that, really helpful. But what I found to be really helpful um, the last couple of months is learning from thought leaders in like the embodied sexual intimacy space. So the work of John Wineland, the work of David Data has really helped me in terms of healing my relationship wounds, which is a direct um, link to awakening spiritually because when we think about a partnership right a, a sacred union what it is is that it's two people coming together to unite with one to you to unite with god through that partnership and so reading their work has also been so powerful in learning how to open the heart and learning how to let go of the layers that have been um, shielding your heart so yeah those are my favorite people to follow um as of now and of course like i've just followed so many people and have been inspired and impacted by so many people on my journey but these are the freshest ones to my mind right now I love what you said about the relationship piece because I don't think we give enough credit to how healing or hurtful relationships themselves can be. Because, like, think about the chakra system, right? Like, mm -hmm. all the chakras throughout the body can be activated or can be tarnished by relationships that we have because those relationships are messing from years. And so, if we experience trauma within the relationship, our hearts might be closed off, our wound states might be closed off, we might carry some confusion around the sacral chakra where it's like do I make poor decisions and it has so many ramifications so relationships are a beautiful way to really open up into spirituality and use them as a healing modality yeah absolutely and I would say that uh for me personally the the real deepening of my spiritual journey, um, like I said, moving from intellect to truly an embodied experience has come from learning from my relationship this past year. Um, I mean, being stuck with a partner in a 600 square feet apartment during quarantine really is the best spiritual incubator in my That's opinion. <laughs> All the things coming to the surface, really confronting. And um, what I have found too, is that there is a side of me, you know, that really wounded side, um, you know, from past relationship trauma, or even just my childhood, like really the angry child of me 
would only come out in a relationship setting. So there was a side of me that nobody else could see. Um, and through, you know, that relationship was really helpful to allow all of those old patterns to come to the surface and be healed. So absolutely, it's such a powerful modality to heal through. Yes, I love that. And I was going to ask as well, where and how do you prioritize your spiritual self-care, your self-care when, you know, you're working and you're an entrepreneur and you're coming up with all these amazing ideas it's like how do you I find it such a juggle and it, and it always changes but like what what works with you with maintaining like your that your cup is full as well yeah that's a great question so yeah for me I really see you know I used to see them as separate and I think that was where um, it was harder for me to be like, oh, like for so long, I would just wake up and immediately be like, okay, laptop open, I have to start working. But now what I found in this year is that in order for me to truly lead in my work, in order for my work to be the most powerful, I have to be embodied in it. And so I really integrated the spiritual practices, not just as like Ella's life and then spiritual practice, but this is my life. Like I live and breathe this stuff every single day and every single moment. Um, from like a arrangement perspective, what I do every single day is I have like at least a two to two and a half hour block in the morning. The way that I have structured out my practices, and it's actually something that I just recently shared with my clients, is a four-step process. So I start my morning with grounding, and then it moves into activating, and then deepening, and then creating. Those are the four phases that I like to design my morning rituals, if you will. So for me, I always start my morning, you know, making a cup of coffee, and then I go to my little spot in front of my window, and I do something that's grounding for me. So that is usually any form of silent meditation. Some days it's just all silent. Some days it might be counting. Some days it's just listening to gentle music and just really grounding myself into earth. Um, then the second phase of activating is usually where I do my Kundalini yoga practice. So Kriya to open the heart center, like chanting my mantras, whatever that is, because it's really activating for me to be in my truth and power. Um, and then I move into a deepening phase where it could be another embodiment practice. Um, I've been doing a lot of work of just like, you know, holding myself, practicing safety in my body, practicing holding different emotions. So that's what I would do in the deepening part. And then I have the phase of creating, which is where I take out my journal and I have a really powerful truth alchemy journaling practice that runs me through different prompts around my soul's desires, my purpose here. Um, what am I opening myself up to? What are my truths? What am I celebrating? And so that really gets me into the place of, okay, now that I have grounded, now that I've activated my energy, um, what is it that I want to call in into my life right now, into my life in the future, but mostly just kind of like in this moment. Um, and then from there, I usually move into the embodiment piece of my practice because with the truth alchemy um, methodology and how I frame in my work, I keep on saying that I help you experience, embody, and express your truth. So it's the same thing with my practice. Uh, experience my truth by creating and writing out the things that I want to experience. I embody it by dancing, moving, playing music. Um, you guys might have seen some of that on Instagram. And then the final phase is expression in which I go in front of a mirror and I speak truth to myself, uh, really looking into my eyes and going like, I am here on this planet for a very important mission. And I remind myself that every single day because what I found is that you know, doing all the work of like releasing or limiting beliefs, this and this and this, like all the little things, it doesn't matter until you anchor into your true identity at a deep level. And so that's a huge part of my practice too. Every single day is really getting embodied in that. And of course, like that's not perfect. It's not what I do every single day to a T because we're all humans. Um, and so I have the structure laid out for me so that I know how to move into it. But most days I pick and choose what I need the most for that day. And even today, you know, I woke up feeling 
all the feels, heaviness, fear, anxiety. And so today's morning practice was coffee, chanting, and then going to curl up in bed again and just like doing some self-healing in bed. <laughs> so really allowing myself to have that structure, but then to adapt to what I need on a daily basis. Beautiful. Yeah, I have um, heard a couple of other people talking about looking in the mirror and speaking. And I remember that video, what was it like years ago on YouTube of that little girl looking at herself in the mirror, like, I'm strong, I'm capable. And everyone was like, how adorable. But like, how much better would we all be if we did that every single day? And like, look in the mirror, like, you are a bad bitch. Like, you are, you're about to get it. Like, this is the day that everything opens up. You're powerful, you're fierce. And then that becomes your inner voice. It's yeah. so empowering. It is. This mirror okay. work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love me some mirror Beautiful. work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there's something um, so powerful around looking into your own eyes that it's like you, you're really seeing yourself. You know, there's no running away. And I know there's like that cliche statement of like the eyes are the door to the soul or something like that. But it really is true. <laughs> Absolutely. But well, well we're getting close to the end. So if there is any piece of advice more than anything else that you can share with our listeners, what would that one thing be? Mm. That's a tough question, I know. What I would say is commit to discovering, experiencing, embodying, and expressing your truest self and really have more faith in your infinite than you do in your finite. Now you came into this lifetime <clears throat> to have an experience of the finite, to have the ups and the downs. But we all came here to do as messed up as it might be in those moments where you're just like, life really sucks right now. What do you mean I came here to experience this? You did. And to a certain degree, it's fun to source. It's fun to where we came from because we're having an experience. So allow yourself to move through the ways of the finite. Know that this is what you signed up for and know that along your journey, this is how you are going to be shaped up. And in those moments where it's difficult, feel your finite self, feel your human self, hold on to your human self, but don't lose faith in who you truly are. Don't lose faith in your infinite because that lies within you and that is accessible within you in each and every moment when you choose to lean into it. And it's going to be a constant daily practice and it is a beautiful practice that we all came here to experience. And I would say like my final piece of advice to top onto that, you know, really experience, embody, express your truest self and come back to this line that I heard um, in a song a couple of months ago really stuck with me. Really honor how beautiful and rare it truly is to even exist. Like whenever you're going through anything challenging, whenever you're going through like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Like just take a moment to breathe and be like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I made it through. You've been through hard things. You've you've overcome so many hard things. And so why would that be any different? You came here for a very important reason. It's so beautiful. And it is such a rare occurrence for you to be here exactly as you are, having gone through everything that you have gone through and still here to really anchor into that. And know that you are so freaking powerful. I love that. That's so good. All right, Becky, any final Chills. thoughts before we let her go? Like, we were both so excited to talk to Ella today. <laughs> yeah, so this has just been amazing. So much to take away. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. And then one thing I was thinking when you were talking earlier, what I'd love to do on the podcast is either Danielle and I guess 
yeah, we guess what your human design energy type is, if you're okay with that. <laughs> yes, I would love, love to guess. Yeah, this is a surprise to me. <laughs> All right. So okay. Have- yeah, this is it. This is totally new. All right. So I'm going to guess that you are a manifesting generator. Okay. I'm going to take a guess. All right. So you're someone who used to love to work, but now you're finding the beauty and relaxing and finding a way to scale back. And that's creating so much more for you. So I'm going to say projector. Mm, I'm actually a four, six generator with the sacral authority. (laughs) We were so off base. (laughs) Well, I mean, as a manifesting generator, to be fair. And if I hadn't gone with manifesting generator, I was going to say generator. Yeah. I was like, she's a machine in a great way. Like, yeah. So powerful. I love it. And you're a four, six. That's so beautiful. Oh, wow. Yeah. Are you into human design just before we let you go? (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I've looked into it, but honestly, like it's quite overwhelming for me. I've had a reading done. So I know kind of like the basics of it, uh, but I don't know all the details aside from the fact that I respond to like, "Mm -hmm," and "Mm -mm," when I make choices, that's like the biggest takeaway I've had. Um, And that I know that, yeah, for me, it's um, when I do the things that light me up, when I'm really on my purpose, I can really go, 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 go. And I've had those days too, where it's like, it's been such a busy impact day, but when I go to bed, I'm like, I'm so energized. I feel so good. So yeah, that's about like the max that I know about human design, but actually recently I started uh, looking into gene keys as well, which is another realm, but I'm like, that also looks really cool. Um, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's so many. Pathways. So one tip I can give you. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say one tip I can give you on being a generator is if you're not tired, you don't have to go to bed. Like don't force yourself to go to bed. Like mm. just just like if you're not ready to go to bed yet and that's like so common with generators because they have so much energy. It's like just don't force yourself to be like, right, I've got to go to bed at this time to get up at this time because yeah. if you're not ready for bed, then you're not ready for bed. Like it's fine. And gene keys mind blowing, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, oh my god, that's like another rabbit hole I'm gonna fall into. So many rabbit holes. I yeah. I can show you both how to do your Venus and something out. I can show you both how to do two or three uh paths for you with gene keys, and it's so fascinating. It shows you your shadow, your mm, what is it? It's like your shadow, your like ultimate, ultimate, and then like your I guess like being good kind of thing so like when when you are like one of mine my my shadow is failure so I'm like oh my gosh if I don't do this then that means I'm a failure or I've got to see it through to the end otherwise I'm a failure or everyone thinks I'm a failure and um the like top 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 one just one because you have loads of gene keys which goes with all of your um I think you have nine gates in human design I'm not an expert but uh one of them is perseverance and I was like oh Mm. so true I love yeah. It. Yeah. I would love to learn more if there's anything that you can share with me. Super excited to dive in. Yeah, I will. hundred percent. Well, thank you so Yay. much. Thank you so, so much, much for having me. On. We loved having you on the podcast. Um, we'll make sure to drop all of your social media information in the podcast link, but why don't you share it here for everybody that's listening live? Yeah. So you can just find me everywhere at PSMLA. Um, yeah, it's PS I'm Ella. I've gotten all kinds of things like PMS Ella, Simella, Pissamella. No, it's PS I'm Ella. My name's Ella. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm just like, what? 
<laughs> yeah, but it's uh, PSMLA. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. So it's just YouTube slash C slash PSMLA. I'm actually really excited to be doing more videos on YouTube. So there's going to be a lot more of what I call truth codes. So kind of like a lot of the stuff that I shared here today, like they've been coming through to me strong and it's really embodied in my life. And I want to share a lot of these truths with people. Um, so yeah, if you want to hear more of that, you can find me on YouTube. Uh, you can also check out my Facebook group, the Truth Alchemy Collective. So that's just Facebook slash group slash Truth Alchemy. And you can find us there as well. So yeah, lots of amazing things happening in 2021. Really, I, I'm so excited that we are like really shifting and transitioning into the Aquarian age where it's all about truth. It's all about being embodied. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited. Well, thank you again for coming on. We're thrilled to have you. And for everybody listening, thank you for coming in. We'll see you soon. Thank you.